Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's not even Friday. It's not even Friday. (laughs) This guy. This guy. Michael Borky, Brian Haydad with you at Sports Talk Mississippi. Richard's calling Auburn Vanderbilt basketball tonight. So uh, maybe he'll get to ask Jerry Stackhouse uh, about the best team that money can buy in college basketball being Ole Miss. We'll uh, we'll have to see. Big hoops tonight. Uh, big hoops night tonight, by the way. Kentucky, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, LSU. Both of those starting at 6 o'clock. So you might lose us if you're an all-day listener. And you're listening on the radio, you might lose us at 5.30 if you do supertalk.fm or supertalk app, uh, and you can carry us because we will be there all the way until tip-off with you. There's a lot to get to today. There's been some movement around Ole Miss. They lose an assistant coach, a high-profile poaching, if you will, although it came with a massive raise in a promotion, but Ole Miss loses an assistant. They also had a, a portal player that, like moved in, flip still somewhere else. We'll, we'll talk about all that. We've got uh, and a high school kid and a high school kid. Wait, they lost a high school kid. Yeah, the quarterback Trevor Jackson. Am I breaking news to you here? I I, I don't know who that is. He was committed to Ole Miss, is what I read. Can we flip to Florida State today? Sure, that happened too. We'll, we'll get to that later. Um, well, now you got me. Now you got me wondering. I mean, that's what I read on Twitter here. Let's see here. Was committed to Ole Miss after picking from in August. He was committed in August. He decommitted from Ole Miss in October. Okay, no, no, no. Never mind. That tweet was misleading. Okay, okay. <laughs> good. He committed from Ole Miss in October. Yeah. You... Yeah, because they, okay. they got the kid from okay. Oak Grove uh, on uh, signing day. Okay. Uh, so uh, okay. Well, anyway, we're we're back on we're back on track. Back on track. But yeah, there's a lot to get to today. But I do want to start with this message from uh, from our friend Clown. Actually, he has um, texted in three times saying, "Michael, can you see the text line yet?" And so now I now I can. We'll get to your message. But it's a very important conversation. If you guys have missed it, Alabama is getting gutted. Uh, by the transfer portal. And I know none of you, nor should you, be upset about Alabama getting gutted. They've done it to everybody else. And so now it's uh, uh, time for a little taste of reality in Tuscaloosa, if we're being quite honest. And 
so it's happening to them, and nobody cares because Alabama's had a reign of terror over college football for almost two decades. But this is a good question. Please explain to me the sense and logic in Alabama having their players able to enter the portal since Saban retired, but they're unable to replace them. They have to just sit there and watch their roster get bleated. That has to change. I hate Alabama, but still, that has to change. Just because a coach leaves, people can come poach your players, and you can't replace them during the same period of time. So so that's a good question. First of all, um, Alabama doesn't just have to sit there. They can convince those players to stay. It's not like they can't talk to their own players. You can lay out a plan and a path for them that is attractive enough for them to want to stay at Alabama. These guys don't want to stay at Alabama. And the only way to fix that is if you make them employees. That is the only way to fix that. So we can sit back and watch Alabama get poached because their coach leaves. And by the way, there's a spring window coming. Alabama's going to do very well in the spring window. They're going to take players from other schools in the spring window. They'll have great players replacing these guys. Just not right now, but they will get them. I promise they will. But you can't do anything about this until you make them employees. Because the second you restrict movement, they take you to court and they win. It's that simple. This doesn't happen in the NFL because you have contracts that are collectively bargained between players and organizations. You do not have that in college. So the set, I mean, we've learned this now, and the players have figured this out, and you've got agents and, and people involved that now know if they try to stop me, I sue them and I win. So you can think that the system is is messed up, and it it just might be. I have no sympathy for Alabama. I, I can't bring myself to care that their roster is getting gutted. I, sorry, I, I couldn't possibly care less. It's not fair. What's fair? Ugat's fair. Yeah, nothing. Who cares? But if and, and and again, they they can get players right now. The portal is closed for players going out, except for Alabama because they just lost their coach. Right? There's still thousands of players in the portal. Go get some of them. There's still another high school signing class to come. There's some uncommitted prospects out there. Now, are they the same caliber of player that Alabama might have gotten used to over the past few years? Probably not. But they can still go get players and fill out their roster. They can. And, you know, welcome to the real world, Alabama. I did see one tweet today as the guy said simply, if this is the price we have to pay for 17 years of domination, I'll take it. That's exactly what you should be looking at as an Alabama fan. You should be like, you know what? We had a great run. As good as anybody's ever had in any sport, and now we, you know, we're going to have to come back to the pack a little bit. Yeah, and that's coming. But but that that is the honest answer to your question, man. Is how is this okay? When can this be fixed? This can only be fixed the day they make the athletes employees. Until then, you cannot restrict movement. Until then, you cannot restrict income. That that's the that's the answer because an American court is never ever going to agree that a school should be allowed to restrict the movement of a student. They will never, ever agree to that. That will always lose every single time. They will never, and I mean never, agree that compensation for an individual should be capped unless they collectively bargain and agree to the cap on that compensation. They will never agree to those two things, ever. 
So until that day comes, this is college football. This is college basketball. I mean, this is college baseball uh, in some circles uh, anyway. In the SEC, it's college baseball too. But until that day comes, this is our reality because people started taking the NCAA to court and they realized we can win every single time. That's it. It's really that simple. Doesn't bother me. I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm still un, unconcerned. No, and, you know, ratings are up, attendance is up. The games were great. I don't care. And what you're seeing happening now, because because I see Ole Miss fans and state fans to to some degree, not many, frankly. I, I feel like our state has pretty good perspective on what it takes to win and not caring about you know the downside. For like, we'll get to Ole Miss losing Tyler Barron here in a little bit. Ole Miss fans are already like, oh, well, there's this kid from Arizona State who has better stats. Go get him. Like, they, they don't even care. They're already focused on the next guy. That's the right me- mentality to have because they want to be mercenaries. Let them be mercenaries. But w- when I see fans of schools that aren't Alabama complain about the state of the sport, I just want to tell you, hey, your team has never been able to be more competitive than they can right now. Now, you've got to raise money, and asking fans for more money, it's a bad system. I understand that. I talk about fans getting priced out of sports all the time. But Ole Miss and Mississippi State have the ability now, if they do it right, to compete more so than they ever have before. You're seeing it with Alabama, guys. Alabama's getting gutted. Alabama is getting gutted right now. And they hired a guy that just took Washington to the national championship game. He has two current head coaches as assistants now on his staff. They've got all the money. Uh, well, not NIL money, at least not at the moment. But they've got all the brand power. They've got all the prestige. They've got the stadium. they got the facilities. And it doesn't matter. It does not matter. Because the current players don't care about that stuff. All you have to do is make yourself attractive on two reasons. Financial and will I play and win right now. That's all you have to be. Look at Louisville. Look at Missouri. Yes, look at Ole Miss. This is a that part of it is great if you do it right. Alabama, guys, is getting gutted today. I can't bring myself to think that's bad for the sport. Those guys are going to other schools now. Georgia lost a bunch of players to the portal. Now, they're adding players too, but there are 15 Georgia players out there that you can go get. It's a whole different ballgame, and the field has never been as level as it is right now. As frustrating as the movement is and all the complaining from coaches and fans and stuff, you you have never been closer to being competitive than you are right now on a national level. Never. At least since 1964. And that's true. Everything you just said was true. You know, Ole Miss is the best it's ever been these last three years, right? I mean, outside of, what, 59-60-61, long time ago, much different game, this is the best they've been. State, yeah, down last year after their coach passes away. Prior to that, they won nine games and finished in the top 20 and had a team that looked like if they had had continuity at the head coaching position, was poised to do it again. Yeah. And I, 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 there, there's some media crying in favor of Alabama. I didn't see anybody crying when Georgia took Rara Thomas from Mississippi State. Did you? Sorry. I, no. I just don't. 
don't have sympathy. None at all. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be back in just a second. Let's go. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. Start yourself. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. So the long been rumored move actually happened. Hugh Freeze at Auburn had an opening for his offensive coordinator position, and he filled it today with a longtime Ole Miss assistant. He was the wide receivers coach uh, under Lane Kiffin. Derek Nix took the OC job at Auburn uh, today. And so there's a lot of layers to that. But we did get a text about this, so we'll actually start here. This is how the news, quote-unquote, broke, at least for most people. Was a release from Ole Miss and a quote from Lane Kiffin that said this, We are grateful for Coach Nix and express our gratitude towards Derek and his family for their invaluable contributions and dedication to the success that we have achieved at Ole Miss. Acknowledging the opportunity to become a first-time play caller with a full-time play-calling duties as offensive coordinator at Auburn, we extend our sincere well wishes to the Knicks family in his new endeavor. We will begin the search for a, a new wide receivers coach immediately with the objective of finding the best fit, blah, 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 blah. But that statement generated a lot of uh, emotions and thoughts and feelings. What do you think about that? It's really weird. It's weird to have the university where the coach is leaving make the announcement and not the coach himself, not the, the the new school. I don't know that I've ever seen that, you know. When when Jeff Lebby left Oklahoma, there wasn't anything from Oklahoma saying we wish Jeff Lebby the best. There was, it was Mississippi State making those announcements. So that that's really odd. Um, I also find the whole the play calling thing interesting, talking about that, because I thought we had, had public knowledge now that Freeze had said he's going to be doing the play calling next year. Um, I think it all, another thing that to take away from it is something you've hit on many, many times is that th- there is no coach with fewer connections than, than Hugh Freeze. Derek Nix is a, a valuable assistant coach. He has been at Ole Miss. He has brought them a ton of great recruits through the years. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a good guy and a chance to, to, to step up his career. God bless him. But there are so many young, proven offensive coordinators out there right now who have called plays. Who have who have coordinated offenses from top to bottom, and none of them are lining up to work with you, Freeze. I mean, that, that's an SEC job where you're probably going to be making seven figures as an. I mean, even Auburn's offensive coordinator is a million dollar job. You're going to be getting a million dollars a year. Word is more, and well, yeah, and they got he has to get a guy who's never been an offensive coordinator that you know that he knows. It, it just feels like you're, you that the point you like to make a lot is just so on the money. That freeze in a, in a world where connections are everything, you know, coaches know they all know each other. He doesn't seem to have any 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 friends out there outside of his very small circle. Yeah, and just can't get anybody to work for him. It seems, but the um, it, there's a lot of 
pettiness, it feels like, in this, because I think that, yeah. frankly, I think that there's trolling involved. Maybe there's something deeper uh, to that. I know one Auburn site uh, said that there is a lawsuit being talked about between Ole Miss and Auburn. I mean, give me a break. I mean, come on. Good Lord. Um, but th- there seems to be some pettiness here or, or, or some trolling of some kind where, because Hugh Freeze did say that, he was going to call plays, and and now that those waters get muddy, and it it's a it, it's a mess now, and, and it's kind of been trolled or whatever you want to describe this as. Um, somebody that's worked at your school for over fifteen years, I think, deserves better than you know some trolling, if that's what this is or whatever this is in their goodbye statement. But you know, it's not something to to be upset over. I did see some people say things like. Well, why would he take that job? He's going to get fired soon, or that doesn't make any sense. You know Freeze is hard to work for, or he's going to get thrown under the bus or whatever. Why would you take that job? I think it's very simple. Um, A lot, a lot more money. Guaranteed money as well. So a lot more money, guaranteed money, and a title that he was never going to get at Ole Miss. He was never going to be Lane Kiffin's sole offensive coordinator at Ole Miss. It was not going to happen. Um Lane, as as I mentioned, if Charlie Weiss Jr. goes, for example, Lane would hire somebody that's been a play caller before. So you you, you get the title, you get a a significant raise with guaranteed money, and if something does go poorly at Auburn, he's going to have two dozen Power 5 programs calling him the very next day. And, I mean, it clearly wants to be a head coach. If things go poorly with Will Hall... I would assume that he would be on the short list, and, and having the OC title helps you get a job like that. It makes total sense uh, why he would leave and go there, regardless if Hugh Freeze is difficult to work for or whatever or, or not. It, and, from his perspective. difficult to work for is one thing, but but hot seat, I don't know if I buy it. I mean, I know Auburn didn't have the kind of year they wanted to have this year, but they just pulled in a top-10 recruiting class, and Nick Saban is gone. Auburn is going to start swinging up a little bit. They're going to start picking up some more recruits that Alabama had been taking from them. I don't think Freeze is in any trouble. I think I, I see them having – I think they'll get their quarterback issues fixed at some point, and they will be ready to, to go forward this year and probably win close to eight games. Uh, they have – Bringing Peyton Thorne back, though, uh, at least uh, it yeah. seems that way for yeah. now. Uh, but but that is uh, he's certainly lost for Ole Miss. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I mean, so you understand why he goes. Uh, not a single person has anything other than just glowing and remarkable things to say about the guy. So seemingly a really good dude on top of that. Uh, you hope it works out for him. Uh, leaving Ole Miss where he's been forever to go to Auburn. Uh, where does Ole Miss go from here? I don't know. Uh, I frankly have no idea. People are throwing names out there all over the place. I know some former Ole Miss receivers are going on Twitter and putting their name in the ring, but uh, I I don't know how this is going to shake out. Of course, we'll talk about it when it does, but he certainly is a loss. I mean, there's a reason that he has stayed at Ole Miss through multiple coaches and um, has recruited Mississippi well and uh, built relationships in the state and and all that. I mean, it it certainly is a loss. Uh, We'll see where they go from there. That's something that in this upcoming signing class to keep an eye on, Auburn is going to get some players now out of Mississippi because Derek Nix has built those relationships and you know with a lot of guys. So there's going to be some guys that Ole Miss was targeting, that State's targeting, that Auburn is going to be a big player for now. Yeah, I, I did have a friend in a group message point out, though. It's a very Hugh Freeze thing, by the way, to uh, um, not only 
hire an OC that, that's never called plays before, but to hire somebody with Mississippi ties, when you look at what the what Alabama is at the moment, like the program in your own state, right? In your backyard, the, you should be smelling blood if you're Auburn, and instead you're going to get Ole Miss's wide receivers coach. Like, like that's that's what you're doing with this opening and not getting somebody with, with ties to your state seeing as th- there's what should be a power shift in Auburn. I thought that was a good point uh, by, by one of my buddies there. But anyway, that was not the only loss that, that Ole Miss uh, suffered. And, and they, they got a defensive back from Michigan. We'll get to that in a second. But Tyler Barron, the edge rusher from Tennessee, uh, flipped his commitment or enrollment, frankly, from uh, from Ole Miss to Louisville. Uh, as the portal turns, I mean, it's a, that, that's a tough loss for them as well. I've seen people do the, well, actually look at his stats. He's not that good thing. And, and I understand why people do that. You want the players that don't go to your school to not be as good as the players that go to your school. I understand that. But if you're going to tell me that Pete Golding is a, a really good evaluator of talent, then you're telling me that he was wrong in wanting Barron to, to be on your team. I just Those two things don't compute. But in the era of the portal, this is how this is how it works, right? So they lose a guy that was enrolling or enrolled and, and moving into moving to Oxford and looking at places and all that to Louisville. And so, what do you turn around and do? You're doing the same thing, possibly anyway, trying to to Washington, who, who got a, a transfer uh, edge from Arizona State, who's going to go to Washington, and Washington's coach leaves. So you hop in and try to steal him from Washington. This is. College football today and the portal today, you lose one and, and it's a tough loss. I don't think he was going to start, but he was, because of the, how they rotate on the defensive line, was going to play a ton and, and a ton of snaps. But you, you lose one and you turn around and you find another and you try to go get him. I mean, that, that's college football today. And, and I don't know if you saw or not, but uh, Texas A&M now number one in the portal rankings. So yeah. I guess that loss, it, it hurt Ole Miss. They're not number one. What are they going to do? Uh, Go get somebody else. Yeah, that's just what they're going to have to do. So that is uh, that is college football today. 601-879-4395. Uh, get this message. You hired him for recruiting purposes. Derek will never call a play at Auburn. Um, we just uh, we just said that, didn't we? Yeah. And we just, just – that's what we said. We, we said that. But you did put himself in a bind, though. I mean, how can you – and you can only do the throwing your coordinator under the bus thing one time. You have one pass on that. If the offense is bad in 2024, nobody, even the crazy Auburn fans who are celebrating a, I mean, like in the streets, hiring a wide receivers coach with no play calling experience to be an OC, have a party, I guess. But you can't blame him. You've already done that. If the offense is bad, it's your fault. Nobody's going to hear any different. So, weird dynamic there created. 601-879-4395 is the text line. We will be right back. What the heck are you doing? Sports Talk Mississippi on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi. Six 
Texture 1879-4395 is the text line. You want to be part of the show? That's how you do it. Coming up at the top of the 4 o'clock hour, we're going to visit again with Patrick Shegog, the Delta State quarterback. He's going through the process of getting ready for uh, the next level, showing off for scouts, uh, interviews, showcases, all of that. And I'm really curious to know what that process is like. So we're bringing him back on to talk about that. What's it like for you getting ready uh, to try to make it to the NFL? I mean, it's a little bit different, um, and it's no slight at all. I mean, there's guys like Caleb Williams, and then there's guys like Patrick Shegok. And and I would love to know what it's like for a guy like him that's trying to show that, hey, you know, I know I play D2, but I can play, and, and what that's like. So I'm uh, looking forward to that conversation here. In, uh, in just a little bit. I'm Borky. He's hey, Dad. Richard's fine. Uh, Dwayne, he is, he's fine. He's just uh, calling basketball tonight. He'll be back tomorrow, I think. Uh, don't you worry. He'll be in Starkville Saturday if you want to go by and see him, by the way, at the basketball game. I think I'll do that. It's my favorite annual probably, tradition probably. of come hmm. Monday. Wow, Richard, I really don't like you, but you did a good job on the call on Saturday. Every year. That cross is the worst, but he's he's okay on basketball. He does all right. Uh, we get this message. Nix's Ole Miss contract had a clause that there is a buyout if he takes a job that isn't a full-time play caller. Yeah, I've seen people say that. I don't know that to be true. Um, I, I just I don't know that to be true, frankly. Uh, so you can take your word for it or, or whatever. But um, that's really hard to prove, isn't it? I mean, do, do you know who calls every play for Ole Miss? Do you know? No, I don't. Nobody knows. I mean, everybody wants to blame Charlie Weiss when the offense goes to crap, but he's not calling every play. I, f- I felt pretty confident a couple of years ago with State that I could tell you who was calling every play. Yeah. But, no, I'm not, not 100%. Mike Leach's signals were, were so funny. Because I, I, w- I would have loved to have heard his thoughts on the Michigan sign-stealing. Because it would have been incredible. What team were they playing where thoughts. he was signing to their sideline when he was showing them what the play calls were? What team was that? I think it was Utah. Oh, no, it was, it was Arizona State. It was Todd Graham had, had called him out or something. Yeah. Todd Graham. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't well, even so, bother like, show, having other people next to him single the plays. It was like, oh, I, there's a play right here. Boom. I listened uh, to Cole Kublik's interview with Will Rogers, and he said that because he asked him something similar along those lines. And he said when they had the memorial service, Bob Stoops signaled in one of Mike's plays while he was speaking. He's like, they had not changed. I mean, he was, Bob was, Mike was his offensive coordinator in like 1999 or 2000 or whatever it was. And the signals had not changed because he was like, that that was correct. That's what we would signal in for that play. So I love that. I uh, love it. Somebody, uh, Jake says, freeze, poach Knicks, and Kiffin subtly called him out on the play-calling message. Uh, yeah, I mean, certainly that, that was part of it. But that's the weird thing. Like, poached, uh, if if he was going to be the wide receivers coach at Auburn or just the running backs coach, then yeah, you can talk about poached. But, like, the reaction from Auburn people is bizarre. It's like you had to you had to give the dude a lot more money and a, a, a title change and a promotion to OC. It's a little bit different. I don't know. I, I I understand why he would – I mean, everybody listening to this, at least I think you would, would take a 50% raise to do a similar job at a similar company. Wouldn't you take that? I think most of you would. 
So do, calling it a poaching only applies if he was getting the same job to go to Auburn. This is not that kind of move. It is a taking significantly more money with multiple years guaranteed and a promotion. I don't know. Again, you know, a little more responsibility, but or maybe not. Maybe not more responsibility because, we, like we said, that uh, Freeze is doing the play calling, but more money. Yeah. Goes back to what we were talking about yesterday. People like money. They want money. Everything costs money, i found. Yes. Nothing nothing in this life. Nothing that's free in this life is a hard time. Now, who the hell? Somebody says, Tennessee to Ole Miss to Louisville, talking about Barron. Uh, sounds like he kept downgrading, probably personal reasons, I assume. Well, at the moment, Ole Miss is a better football team than Tennessee, so I don't know if you would call that a downgrade. But th- this is people need to change their mindset. This is college football today. Louisville's a player now. Uh, Louisville, historically, is not a great football program. Today, they're attractive. They've got a really good coach. They won 10 games last year, and they're heavily involved yeah. in the portal and in the NIL game. Louisville has stepped up, and they have they have taken advantage of the opportunity to level the playing field. And so the, the, the people that think of this sport traditionally, you need to get out of that mindset. Louisville's an attractive place to go right now. They'll pay you. And by the way, the 12-team playoff is a 12-team playoff for everybody. They go win 10 games again, and they're playing in the playoff. So that that is an attractive place to, to go play now. It, it's different. It has changed, and Louisville has taken advantage. And so uh, calling them a downgrade isn't exactly fair to them at the moment. They got the coach right, they got the money right, and they're set up to make the playoff next year. Simple as that. Really as simple as that. That in this in this day and age of college football, the second place team in the ACC has an outstanding chance of being a college football playoff team. And Ole Miss, as much as I feel like they've improved, I think they're going to be a really good team next year. What are they in the SEC? Fourth, maybe fifth. Depends on what Missouri is going to be next year. I think I can. I feel pretty good that even with the, the departures they're having, Alabama will, will remain ahead. And then Georgia and Texas, of course, but I mean Ole Miss. Ole Miss is it, Ole Miss has a, a tougher road to the playoff next year than Louisville has. It might it might, yes. it might really be that way. And the and the, the only difference is I think Ole Miss is more talented and Louisville is less talented. But Louisville clearly has an easier schedule because they don't play in the SEC. Yeah. And what about Bama making the playoffs may have somehow been a bad thing for them because it delayed Saban's retirement and the portal is closed now for mostly everybody while they are losing players left and right. But but they have the May window. What 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 is going to frustrate me is this has been a thing that everybody has dealt with for three years now. Everybody's dealt with this. I mean, you look at Mississippi State. Thomas is off to Georgia, for example. They've lost more, but would you say that's their most high-profile transfer loss? Who would that be? That's that's probably it. I mean, I'm just trying to wreck my brain here. But but Georgia takes a receiver from Mississippi State. Nobody cared. Taiwan yeah, Malone but... and uh, Igbenosin, Ohio State takes them from Ole Miss. Nobody cared. Mm-hmm. No, no. Oh, well, good for Ohio State. Nobody really, cared. Really? I mean, Judkins, nobody really, like, went completely insane. No. You know? So. And, and so, no, so that, 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 that the message was put out that, 
you know, it was kind of mutual or whatever. I don't know. I still don't know how much I believe that, but that's more of, a, you know, it, it wasn't a, this huge outcry. Like, how can we let Quinshawn Judkins leave Ole Miss? You know? No, nobody cared when this happened to anybody else. Nobody cares at all. But now that it's happening to Alabama, you've got media people, oh, this is too much. This this isn't fair. If if this is the catalyst for change, it's going to drive me nuts because we finally we finally have a mortal Alabama in the SEC. They're mortal. They're going to sign great players. DeBoer's a great coach. They're going to win a lot of games, but clearly mortality has struck. And, and the fans around there and even the media haven't caught up with that fact yet. Or they, or they haven't come to grips with that, that this has been everybody's reality but yours for years now. If this is the catalyst for change, it's going to drive me nuts. Because everybody else has been dealing with this, except for Alabama, because they had Nick Saban. And now they don't, we have to change everything? Right. Hate that. Don't think that's going to be the case. I, I just don't. Because, like you said, I mean, what are they going to do? What is the, what is the change that's going to catalyze? Is that, is that a word? Uh, I mean, are they going to make the players employees? Because that's really the only way around this, and I don't see that being the case. Somebody says, way better job at Auburn. Duh, no-brained lane. Well, I mean, if he's getting paid more to do less, yeah, it is a better job. Easier to recruit to Auburn, I would think, too, especially with high school kids. I said, duh. He did say duh. He did, did he say he, did he say duh or no duh? No, no. He didn't say no duh. I don't know then. But on Wednesday, he texted in and said, Kiffin leaving Oxford with three laughing emojis. You think Kiffin's going to take all the new players with him? That was Wednesday. Well, yeah, that you was a week it. ago at this time. Yeah, so yeah, this was that was a week, right? When uh, so yeah, yeah, we're coming up. Uh, we're about uh, I guess uh, twenty minutes away from the one week anniversary of uh, Nick Saban's uh, announcement. How about that? My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So about four oh eight on Thursday or Wednesday of last week when Michael uh, interrupted Richard. To let him know. He was so mad at me. I'm, I'm sorry, he Richard. Was. I love our friends at Genteel. I feel like they understand. I feel like they yeah. understand in that moment. And quite frankly, because the clip went out there and people shared it, that ad read got more attention than most of them did. That's right. Think with your brain, Richard Cross. Nate Oates got in trouble, but not really. We'll explain what we mean when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. I can't believe what I'm hearing. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. So we got Patrick Chigod coming up at the top of the next hour. And at 420, I want you, because we got a, a good message about Mississippi State basketball. So I responded to you on the text line, but please remind us at 420 to get to your message because I, I, I want to talk about this. It's a good question. More specifically, I want to hear Haydad's extended answer 
on this. So please uh, please remind us to get to that because I like your question. we got to talk about hoops tonight, Mississippi State, Kentucky, Ole Miss, LSU, couple of big games. A big opportunity for Mississippi State that really has no downside, knock on wood, barring injury. And for Ole Miss, if you're going to make the tournament, I know winning on the road is difficult, but this is one that you hope that you can go get. you got to steal some road games if you're going to be a tournament team, and this is a real opportunity to do that. So we'll talk about that coming up in the next hour. But did you see last night the altercation in Tuscaloosa between Missouri and Alabama? I did. I did see that, yes. So there was not not anything bad. It wasn't like a fist fight or anything, but there was a little scuffle, you know, words being said in front of Alabama's bench, and a Missouri player was right in front of Nate Oates, Alabama's coach, and was having some words with his players. And Nate Oates took, uh, like, he had one finger up like he was holding up, like his pointer finger but put the the side of his hand in the Missouri player's chest and didn't shove him hard but put his the side of his hand on it, on the player's chest and extended his arm to like get him out from in front of his team so kind of like again didn't shove him but shoved him it's wasn't like a two-arm push didn't knock him over but definitely put his hand on the Missouri player's chest and extended his arm and pushed him away First of all, what was your take on that? There was a lot of reaction last night of, you can't do that, you can't do that, you can never touch an opposing player, he needs to be in trouble. What was your thought? You can't touch an opposing player, and I, I thought he would be in trouble uh, for it. I mean, you just, you just can't do it. You're, you cannot put your hands on another team's. You shouldn't put your hands on your own players, you know, but because you've got to be careful with that, especially, you know, Depending, you know, obviously you put your arm around a player. That's one thing. But if you if you shove a player that's your player, that's that's a problem. But another team's players, no, you got no business doing that. Just tell them to get out. Let the refs handle it. You can't do that. I agree. Um, uh, you know, it wasn't super violent. Um, it wasn't quote unquote that bad. But you still can't do it. You, you simply cannot do that at all. And the SEC agreed, but. Not really. They released uh, this today. Alabama men's basketball coach Nate Oates has been issued a public reprimand by the Southeastern Conference for making physical contact with an opposing team student-athlete during Alabama's game against Missouri on Tuesday night. Here's a quote from Greg Sankey. Nate Oates' actions were unacceptable and violated the expectations for conduct and sportsmanship as established by the membership of the Southeastern Conference. Under no circumstances should a coach make intentional contact with a student athlete on an opposing team, end quote. They cited the bylaws and all that crap later. Uh, but that's the thing. That's all it is. It's a public reprimand. That's all it is. But if Nate Price. Oates, after, instead of putting his his hand on a player and pushing him away, not his player, an opposing player, and pushing him away, if he'd have just sat behind a podium last night and said, the officiating sucked last night, cost us points, it was terrible, that, that, the officiating, that unacceptable. He'd been slapped with a $25,000 fine today. So, criticizing officiating is more unacceptable, according to the SEC's actions, than physically putting your hands on and pushing an opposing player. Well, I, you know, 
I think this is a case of selective enfor- enforcement. I mean, remember what NATO did a season ago and faced no discipline for anything that he did. And I, for some reason, Oates is just the conference's golden boy. He can just get away with whatever he wants. Uh, I get the feeling that if Jans or Beard did this, well, if Beard did this, there, there would be a huge, huge outcry. Yeah, there would. Um, and then Jans probably the same way and probably would be facing a fine and maybe even a suspension. Uh, I, I was surprised the SEC only reprimanded him. I, a one-game suspension is not the end of the world, all right? Michigan had their head coach suspended for six games and won a national title. It'll be all right if if Oates out of misses Half one game. Yeah, if he misses, well, they played. They did play. They did play fifteen. Oh, so it's, it's you know it's six divided by fifteen is three over five sixty percent. Sixty percent. They held it, or forty percent. Either way, uh, yeah, it, it's not gonna it's not gonna kill Nate Oates to miss a game, and then you make you make a good statement that hey, in this the conference takes player safety seriously. Coaches are not allowed. To uh, put their hands on a, on players not on their team. I mean, I don't know how you phrase that, but but you do it, and and instead it's just oh no, you know it's just, that's just Nate. He's just he's just he's just crazy like that, man. We get this message. Uh, I noticed Saturday during the first half, uh, Nate Oates put his pointer finger on a ref's sternum while making a point. Nothing violent, but you thought it was interesting. That's another thing you can't do. You can't touch officials, not in in that kind of way. But well. Apparently you can. Apparently you can. I'm excited for this conversation we got coming up next. Patrick Shegog, what is life like as you're preparing to try to get your name called in the upcoming NFL draft? We'll talk with him about that when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi, don't go anywhere. Can you feel it? Can you hear it? Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah! On Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you at Sports Talk Mississippi on this Wednesday. Be safe out there. I'm seeing some images still of uh, North Mississippi just covered in, in ice. And Haydad was telling me during the break that Starkville still has ice everywhere. A low is uh, still going to be a, a problem. For those of you driving around, even the women's basketball game got moved up uh, a couple of hours. So be safe uh, out there in North Mississippi. But right now, we turn to the Farm Bureau guest on. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. You heard from him after he won the Connerly, but he's joining us again today. Patrick Shegog, the former, now former, uh, Delta State quarterback as he gets ready for uh, for scout season and, uh, and draft season. And uh, he's joined us to talk about that. Patrick, thank you so much for your time, man. And, you know, it hadn't really been that long since we spoke, but uh, I imagine you've been uh, as busy maybe as you've ever been uh, since that time. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's a little different being out of school and whatnot, but I'm enjoying it. So what are you doing right now? So so the draft is, is still a few months away, obviously. Uh, so, so what is uh, like your day to day when you wake up in the morning? What are you doing to get ready? Well, right now I'm in Dallas, and with a guy named Craig LeBlanc, uh, doing some throwing, working on my mechanics, and um, I'm also working with a guy named Spencer Hawthorne, who's coaching down at Texas State. Uh, he's helping me with some uh, film study type stuff, and. Uh, Every day it's, you know, wake up, 
find me something to eat, figure out when the training session is going, um, when and where it's going to happen at, and uh, plan my day according, accordingly. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's it's a little different, but like I said, I'm enjoying it, enjoying the city of Dallas, and uh, that's what the next couple of months will look like for me. Patrick, you say you're working on, on, on physical things, working on mental things. When, when you've gotten your draft feedback, what, where were they saying that you needed to work the most? Um, so I heard that everything looked um, raw. So right now I'm just cleaning up footwork. It's a different uh, game from college and the NFL. Some of the under center stuff, uh, just got to clean it up. And uh, you can always fix your throwing mechanics, so I'm working on some of those too. Um, and yeah, that's where we're at. What specifically about your throwing mechanics? This is something that interests me particularly because you see college quarterbacks like you who put up massive numbers, and then a pro scout will look at them and go, eh, it could be better. And it, it always makes me wonder what they're seeing that I'm not seeing. So when they look at your mechanics, what do they want you to fix? So. Like one thing that we're working on right now is not overstriding with my my front leg and front foot, um, and then uh, a lot of it it's it's hip work, like uh, making sure that you uh, use your hips instead of um, and and just let your arm do uh, do the work when you when you have your hips and your feet in the right place. Um, you don't put as much pressure on your arm, if that makes sense. Uh, and really just trying to work it and rep it so many times that it just happens naturally and uh, you don't think about it. Um, let's see. So really just like small things like that. Um, you don't want to lean too much when you're throwing. Uh, keep a, head, a steady head and things like that. What's the point in the process where you start talking to teams and getting an idea of what they're looking for? So I just recently came from the uh, College Gridiron Showcase. It's a, um event held in Fort Worth. Um, I went there, I want to say, the 5th through the 8th, so not too long ago. And... Um, there were a lot of teams there, and um, my agent asked around. And uh, wait, what, what was your question? Well, you know, this is in this in this part of the process. When will you start talking to to, to scouts or start talking to to player you know, representatives from the team to get an idea okay, of right. you know, hey, we're, we're considering you here and there. Right. So that's why I got into what I was talking about. Um, there were scouts there. Um, they had, um, portions where they did player interviews and, uh, that was one, one, uh, opportunity for me to talk to scouts and, uh, my agent, uh, Michael Portner, he reaches out, um, and, um, gets feedback. Uh, I haven't heard too much as of right now, but, um, like I said, he's my agent and he lets me know everything. Uh, I have my my number and a bunch of different like places, so teams can reach out whenever. Um, 
And that's pretty much the process. Uh, after pro day, I believe, is when um, teams will start, like, having, like, tryouts and uh, possibly get you in and do more interviews and stuff like that. So, real quick, before we continue, uh, you've got uh, something going on uh, here in uh, in Cleveland coming up soon, right? Yeah. Um, I want to give a um, shout-out to Danny Griffith. Griffith. He um, gave me a contribution to help me train out here in Dallas. I uh, really appreciate him for that. Uh, we got us a event coming in Cleveland. Don't have all the details yet, but stay tuned for that. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I always enjoy uh, doing things in the community. But, um, yeah, don't have all the details yet, but stay tuned, and um, we'll get that information out. I look forward to it. Patrick, are you going to be doing a pro day at Delta State? Or, you know, I know being here in Starkville, Mississippi State has sometimes hosted players from from the smaller schools. Are, are you doing a pro day in Cleveland, or are you going to be doing it somewhere else? I'm actually not sure yet. I know it won't be a Delta State, though. I don't know the exact location, but um, that's something that we still have to figure out. And you're looking into, so it's not just the NFL, right? We've got the announcement recently that the XFL and the USFL are merging, uh, which a lot of people, a lot of smart football people are saying is a really good thing. Uh, So I'll, I'll take their word for it. Is that something also you're looking at? You're looking at maybe in Canada where... Uh, you know, another former Mississippi quarterback is having great success there in, in Chad Kelly or the the new uh, formed league there uh, with the, uh, the the spring league. Uh, is that something that you're also looking into during this process? Oh, yeah. Um, the UFL will be a great opportunity for me and the CFL also. They're, uh, they're more realistic for me right now. Uh, so any opportunity that I get to play at that level professionally, it'll be a blessing to me, and I look forward to it. Uh, got a lot of work to put in between now and then, but uh, we'll see what happens. I'm going to shoot forward and uh, hope for the best. Are you working on the, the play calls, by the way? You, you see those videos sometimes that go viral of, of what uh, a professional play call is, and it's like eight sentences, like an entire novel that quarterbacks are, are relaying to their team in the huddle. Is is that something that you're working on? Because there's this old video, Patrick, of uh, Chris Sims uh, being coached by John Gruden, and Gruden's giving him the play call, and immediately Sims turns around and can't recite the play call to his huddle, and he gets it wrong multiple times in a row. Is that uh, is that something that that you're also having to work on? Not just you know footwork and, and throwing the football, but having to figure out how, how different you know professional offenses are versus college offenses, even with just things like per, uh, um, the the way plays are described. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, I know exactly what clip you're talking about. Um... So those are the types of things that I look forward to working with uh, Spencer, uh, Spencer on, and um, hadn't got a chance to uh, do any of that yet. But yeah, that's definitely one of my focal points. Trying to um, get all of that down packed. We had a had a um, a bit of it at the Gridiron Showcase, the College Gridiron Showcase. Uh, had a little experience with it, and of course, it was a struggle. Uh, you know the difference between college and the NFL is—it's a huge leap. 
Uh, and I, I know at Delta State, we tried to keep everything to, like, uh, three signals or three three uh, calls in one play. And then in the NFL, like you said, like eight sentences in one. So it will definitely be a adjustment. But uh, some, that's one of the things that I'll have to work on in the next couple of months. Patrick, thank you so much again for your time. Uh, we're, we're rooting for you, and uh, we wish you all the best of luck. We'll be following you and uh, and keeping up. So uh, keep working hard, man, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you in a pro uniform here soon. Oh, yeah, I appreciate y'all. That's Patrick Shegog, the Connerly Award winner, broke all kinds of records, was, uh, is going to go down as a legend there at, uh, at Delta State, getting ready uh, to, to make his way as a professional uh, football player. So thanks a lot to him. He joined us on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. We're going to get to basketball next but because we got a, a really good question about Mississippi State hoops, so we'll start there. They're playing Kentucky tonight. Uh, Haydad has had a chance to stew on this a little bit, and so we'll get some extended thoughts uh, about Mississippi State hoops thanks to, to you uh, out there on the text line. 601-879-4395, by the way, is the C Spire text line. Be safe out there, but we want you to be a part of the show. We'll talk hoops, starting with Mississippi State, when we come back. I listen to it at work. At work. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo? Yes, sir. He's hey that glad that you guys are with us. So here's the question: Big hoops night tonight, and he says, "Let me uh, preface this with I'm a huge Coach Jans fan. However, there is a coaching slash culture or scheme problem that is contributing to these players' personal matters. Whether that be how he actually coaches the game or analyzes recruits for his program or scheme. Not trying to start an adverse conversation about Jans, but what gives? I understand this can just be easily." or it can just as easily be a player's fault as a coach's. I'm a believer in that team player mentality of athletes is wildly absent across all sports. So, hey, Dad. So we'll parlay that into to a, a basketball question as well. But for now, what are your thoughts there? And for those that don't know, what what, do you, what is he referencing to? So State is missing, has been missing Andrew Taylor for a good chunk of the season now. Uh, and it's been personal issues. And then you can add Keyshawn Murphy's name to that list the last two games. Um, I think, I think each situation is different. I think in the case of Murphy, I think at the end of the day, he's just upset about playing time. Uh, you know, he had a big game at the game in Tupelo against, against uh, North Texas, had 18 points in that game, uh, and feels like he should be playing a bigger role. Oddly enough, he would have played a very big role for state on Saturday had he been available. Because when Cameron Matthews got into foul troubles and State had to to find some guys to get some extra minutes, Keyshawn Murphy could have played a big role and they could have used his scoring, honestly. Um, with Taylor, I think Taylor is 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 having some some issues mental health wise, and you know nowadays there's no stigma for that, and that you know you you encourage him to get the help that he needs, but he, I think he's just struggling. I think the transition from Marshall to Mississippi State has, has overwhelmed him a bit. And it's just not working out for him, and it's not working out for him at Mississippi State. I think Keyshawn is the guy who, if he gets his if he gets his his, his head on straight and 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 
comes back to this team, can still be a big contributor. I would be surprised at this point if Andrew Taylor is a contributor. I don't put the blame for those things on Jans, though. Uh, you know, Jans is, a, you know, the, the, the rotation kind of is what it is. Keyshawn is not a guy who can slide down and play the three. He's kind of limited to playing that power forward position. So there's only so many minutes to go around there. Um, with Taylor, I mean, Andrew Taylor was a hotly uh, sought-after transfer. He averaged 20 points per game at Marshall last year. Everybody thought it was a big coup when State got him, and he was going to be a guy who contributed a lot for Mississippi State, and it just hasn't worked out because he hasn't been able to to, to contribute due, due to the fact that he's struggling with these mental health issues. So I don't, I can't put that on a Jans. Jans recruited the guy, signed him, and thought he was going to be a guy he could probably plug into his starting lineup. It hasn't worked out that way. On the basketball front, on the actual, uh, you know, on the court, why do they struggle late in games? Well, I mean, we had a, we know, had a commenter really... frustrated with the way I phrased our, our YouTube video uh, after, you know, State loses to Alabama, but I said, you know, the metrics are still, you know, the, the loss stings, but the metrics are still good. And, and the guy was like, oh, well, another loss where the metrics are fine but they lose again and and I, I sent some frustration not just from that guy but from state from some state fans about late game execution where are they coming up short well I think with state the the, the main thing that people are still upset about is the loss to southern all right I, I, you can you can understand losing on the road to South Carolina you can understand losing at home to Alabama that's a good basketball team. The Georgia Tech loss, you could even you can even wash away. You lost on the a true road game to that's a quad two loss to a power five opponent. You can understand it. I think that the loss to Southern tempers everything else for Mississippi State because they did collapse at the end of that game. They were up nine uh, with with just a few minutes to go and then gave up a ten zero run. And um, I, I just feel like that game is still sticking in Mississippi State fans' craw. And I totally understand why. It's a horrible, horrible loss. It's still a quad three loss. As we as we stand, the game against Alabama, you know, they, they definitely let it get away from them, and that's not the first game. You know, remember the game against Murray State where they had a big lead and they let that one get away, and they had to, to hold on to win that one um, against South Carolina. You could say that they sort of faded down the stretch as well, and even Tennessee, they had a big lead against in the first half. And but Tennessee is a top five team, so them coming back and making it a game isn't overly surprising to me. Um, the main thing with State is this that that. They've been a better free throw shooting team this year than they were a season ago. They just had a bad night on Saturday. You hope that doesn't become a trend. The other thing is this, you know, when your game is getting the ball down low to Tolu Smith and teams can, can take that away sometimes with the way they play defense, somebody other than Josh Hubbard has got to, to, to step up. You only have two guys that, that you can truly rely on for shots. It's going to be hard to, to score down the stretch because teams are going to key on those guys defensively. So State needs to get a guy like DJ Jeffries, Shaq Moore, uh, maybe a Trey Ford off the bench to, to become a little bit more involved in the offense, and that'll that'll go a long way into solving some of these late game woes. Yeah, and and I know that it is kind of annoying to hear you lost, but the metrics are fine. But the metrics are the only thing that matters. I mean, you're, only that matters. You're trying to make the tournament, right? And no, you you want to win all these games, of course you do, but. When you lose a game and it's frustrating, but you still look at all of your numbers and they still say, hey, you are a tournament team right now, it, it stings less, or at least it should. This is and should be a tournament team. They've got some business they've got to take care of, but uh, the, the non-conference schedule is helping them. 
and and losing to Alabama and losing to South Carolina on the road is okay. So, anyway. Uh, any thoughts on the game tonight? I have trouble seeing Kentucky losing two in a row, especially at home. Um I think State can be competitive in this game. I, I, I think State's going to be competitive in most games this year. I'm sure they'll have one game where they get blown out just because it's the SEC, and that sometimes one one or two games will get away from you. So I'm sure State will find a game this year where they blow their opponent out. Um, so tonight on the road, you know, the fact that you have a lot of veterans is good. They shouldn't be too rattled by the atmosphere. If you can come out early, get a, a fast start, and maybe take the crowd out of it a little bit, that definitely helps you. But the main thing is they got to make shots. You know, Tolu can't be 5 of 15 and 5 of 10 from the line and you have any chance to win. If he's getting 15 shots up, he needs to be making 8, 9, 10 of those shots from where he, from where he shoots the ball. You know, it, it's one thing if he was a jump shooter, but most of his shots are within 5 feet of the rim. Those need to find their way in. And then when he gets to the free throw line, he's been better this year, but he needs to stay at that clip around 70%. And then, you know, Hubbard, Hubbard is Hubbard. You know what you're going to get from him. And then you got to find that third guy. You know, State had four guys in double figures this past Saturday, but it wasn't enough because they just didn't make enough shots. But they've got to, you know, a Shaq Moore, a DJ Jeffries needs to show up with 10, 12 points in this game. Did I see this correctly, by the way, that Mississippi State has not beaten John Calipari? <sighs> That's not true. They beat him in the SEC tournament just a couple years ago. That's right. Maybe it was a regular season stat. Maybe a regular season. That's, now it's possible that it's in the regular season they haven't beaten him. Maybe that happens tonight. Maybe so. You ever been to Rupp? State gets him twice this year. So I have, I've been to Rupp once, but it wasn't to see State play Kentucky. That's where State beat Cincinnati in the Elite Eight to go to the Final Four. So I, I was in Rupp, but we weren't playing Kentucky. When was that? That was pre-renovation, uh, right? 96. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, 96. I'm an old guy. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to say it. Don't even do it. I'm Don't gonna, do it. I'm not going to say it, but it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. In a mall, right? Isn't it in in, in a in a yeah. mall? Yeah. 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 Right in the middle of downtown Lexington. Lexington's nice. The, the like the the most underrated no, fun, yeah. college town, like definitely in the SEC. I think and not the best. Certainly not the best, but I think the most underrated. It's kind of like Baton Rouge in that it's a big town, mm-hmm. like. It, it, it would be a big town without the college in it, I think. But the, the fact that it has the college in it makes it makes it a college town. It's definitely a college town. It's not like Vanderbilt with Nashville. Uh, it's definitely a college town. It's fun. They got a lot of great great restaurants and bars. Uh, it's spread out, and plus there's cool stuff within you know easy driving distance of the town. So it's it's fun. Yeah, I, the one time I've been up, the couple times I've been up there, I've had a good time. K Dog says State looked really tired at the end of the game against Alabama. They do, and and then because they play really hard, and I, you know they gotta they gotta push through that. But Alabama, you know, made them work for everything they had on uh, on Saturday night, and and yeah, it definitely you definitely could because I think that you know when you talk about free throws, a lot of times that's just legs, man. You know, you just you just don't have the the energy there at the end to push the, those free throws up. Six year one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. Six year one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text line. You want to be a part of the show? That's how you do it. Uh, somebody says something interesting. If you fill out the twelve team bracket with Mark Slayball's preseason top twenty five, the ACC gets left out. I would be willing to bet they don't this season. 
but certainly interesting uh, for uh, for sure. The preseason top 25s are, are going to be something else because how do you project Alabama, for example? They've been a mainstay in the top five. What do you do with them? Got to see who all what, what their roster looks like when we get to July, basically. Washington, who just played for a national championship, might only have two starters returning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unbelievable. Six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Do you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Yes. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. had those moments, by the way, where we said something very, very stupid. We've all been there. I'm there on a daily basis on this show. My name is Michael Borky, by the way. Hey, Dad, that, not him, but I say stupid stuff all the time. However, You're not alone, brother. in Todd Bowles' press conference earlier, <laughs> Todd Bowles, the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Please, please tell me you have this clip. Please. I have this clip. So here is a question being asked of Todd Bowles as they go on the road to play the Lions in the playoffs this weekend. Coach, uh, looking forward towards um, Detroit. Um, the weather has been a factor in some of the playoff games, even for the most prepared teams. Uh, today it's uh, 13 in uh, Detroit, which doesn't compare to some of the temperatures we've been up to. Any special plans to acclimate the team to not only uh, endure but perform in those kind of frigid temperatures should you face them in Detroit? You do know we play indoors, right? They got a dome. I don't. Um, no, nothing planned. We're, we're indoors and we only have to be outside for 20 seconds getting off the bus going under the thing, so we'll be okay. Wow. <laughs> I have watched that clip a few times. I've, I, obviously, I've done many press conferences. Uh, I have lived in fear of asking a question like that many times. I've never done it to my knowledge. Uh, I've only one time had a an incident of any kind, and it, it turned up being funny uh, with, with a press conference question. I mean, they'll just credential anybody, I guess. I mean, I, I, this, is the, this is the NFL. NFL. I mean, this isn't like, you know, this isn't... You know, Bodunk High School in the middle of uh, of the the Florida Panhandle. There, this is this is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going into the NFL you know divisional round, and somebody got up there and asked a question and didn't know that Detroit played in the dome. Like, it, how is that even possible? In Bulls' eyes, after the question, it, I wish it, because I, the ninety nine percent of our audience is uh, via the radio. Um, Mm-hmm. His eyes just get huge. He's like, are, are, are you serious? Um, you know, we play indoors. I, I saw a lot of people, though, defending. He let her ask that whole question, too. Yeah. Didn't interrupt. Just let, her, just let her have it. Just let her hang herself. Let that robe get longer. But I saw people that are like, Gosh. no, you should blame the TV station that sent a non-sports reporter to a press conference. Well, it, if you don't know, though, don't ask. 
Don't ask. Imagine you're just sitting there like, I got, I got an idea. I got a question here. I'm going to ask him about the weather. Nobody, I can't believe none of these other idiots have asked about the weather. Playing in Detroit, it's going to be snowy, ice. And nobody's asked about that. That's a big deal. I'm going to, I'm going to look like a genius. I'm going to get a great sound clip out of this. Oh, you did. He did get a, a big sound clip out of that. So funny. I've seen a few of those. I've never been on the bad end of one, thankfully. Thankfully. I did make uh, I forget what the name of that show was. It was hosted by Greg McElroy and uh, Marcus Spears. I forget what it was called. Uh, it, it was, but it was a Mullen press conference where I asked him a question, and he took a full 10-second pause before he answered me. Just sat there looking. And I thought he was about to blast me, Borky. I was like, like I was like, here it comes, here it comes. And be like, well, you know, you you, you dumb son of a. But then he just looked at me, and I, I'll never forget. He, I asked him, uh, they there was they were going to play at Texas A and M that year. They had already played two of three other road games. They played at La Tech, at Auburn, and at Georgia. They had fallen behind early in all three of them. They came back obviously to beat La Tech. Yeah. And so I asked him. I was like. You know, you've had three road games. You've gotten off to a slow start in each of them. Is there you know, some underlying factor that you've seen that you know that prevents your team from getting off to a better start on the, on the road? And I'm just, I'm not making this up. He looked at me and he looked up at the sky and he just was like, "And you know, I'm not going to do ten seconds of dead air, but you don't realize how long ten seconds is until nobody's talking." Maybe we and should so I'm do just it. Sitting actually. there looking at him. All right, here we go. You, 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 let me get the. Uh, yeah, I've got a timer. I've got here. a timer. Here we go. So, so here we go. Uh, let me let me just ask the question, uh, Co- Coach. What's the the factor that's keeping all these slow starts happening? Ten. Ah, lack of execution. And that's all he said. Lack of execution. Thanks, Coach. So I've, I've, I've got that clip on my phone somewhere. And so I'm just staring at him, and I just nod, and I type his answer into the computer and tweet it out. So he leaves, and I'll never forget, Paul Jones looks at me and goes, I thought he was about to light you up when you said that. I was like, I did too. We were all laughing. We are like, he paused for 10 seconds. I went back and watched the video and timed it. It's 10 full seconds Unreal. from the time I stopped talking to the time he says, ah. Lack of execution? <laughs> Can you... But even then, I had a good question. The question was, was fine. It wasn't my question that was the problem. He just re... I appreciate him putting some thought into the answer, but that question from that, that young lady there, goodness gracious, man, that, that's a tough one. We'll be outside for 20 seconds if we get off the yeah. bus. <laughs> yeah. Hope that's a, you gotta be bundled up for that twenty seconds. Don't don't get off the bus in shorts and in shorts and flip flops. Yeah, that won't be good. It'll just take you a little bit no. longer to warm up. Just a couple extra high knees, yeah. and you know. Yeah. Are you surprised that in the Mullen, building, by the fine. way, has not gotten a job in coaching? I, I I just don't think he's interested this year. I think he wants to wait another year, or or whatever. But he, I don't. I just don't think that he's super interested in having a job this year. Where does Nick Saban end up? ESPN. You think it's game day? Something like that, yeah. Or, you know what? He he could start a bidding war. I mean, like 
Imagine if Fox could have Urban and Saban on their show. Ooh. Oh, and you know Fox would love to stick it to game day like Imagine that. Imagine the, the breakdown, you know, offense deep, because Urban's more of an offensive guy, right? Imagine you could do breakdowns like, okay, Coach Meyer, what are we seeing here on offense? All right, Coach Saban, how would you attack that? I mean, that's that's must-watch television. I, I don't watch pregame shows, but you tell me I can get a five-minute segment of Meyer and Urban on the uh, Meyer and Saban on the Telestrator going at each other. <laughs> I'm tuning in. I promise you, I'm tuning in. 100%. I'm in. I, I do think because I saw an article that said that uh, Game Day should hire Saban now, even though uh, Corso hasn't retired yet, to make him the next Corso. You know, former coach. Despite right. the way he acts in press conferences, Nick Saban's got a great personality. It really does. When you get him He's away so from, fun. he'll be funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Won't do the mascot head thing, but that's okay. That that needs to be a one guy thing. I keep seeing people say no, that no, McAfee that needs, needs to, to retire do the, the with, with headgear. Like, no, he doesn't. Yeah, no. The the that that retires with Cor- that gimmick retires with Corso, and I, that's fine. And the article said, you know, Corso is going to be able to. You know, decide when he's done. He'll have the job for however long he wants it. I think that they should do the retirement tour. Yeah, I think they should say, "Say, hey, Lee, we love you. You are college football. Let's do this right." Where, as opposed to a coach getting a retirement tour, you're a broadcaster. You're a showman, right? Put let's put on a show for the showman. And every stop you go to, you get to get treated like the the college football hero that and you, could, you are. You could do a thing where, like, every week, Lee, Lee gets to pick where we go every week. Oh, that's a good one. And, like, it's just, you know, and so on Thursday or, or you know, on, on uh, Monday of that week or whatever you want to do it, you put out a video with Coach Corso, and he's got his map. He's like, we're coming to, you know, to wherever, baby. See you there. And, and, and I mean, you would get a ton of aggregation, a ton of content. And it makes it look like he's making. I mean, even if he's not making the choices, right? You tell him, you know, you know, make it look like. But I mean, yeah, let him make the choices. And maybe, maybe he's not going to the best game of that weekend. But you know, he's going to go somewhere that's special. And maybe he goes back to Indiana for a game. That'd he goes great. to Navy for a game. Yeah, these these are ideas that you know. I'm just giving them to you, ESPN. They didn't even charge you for that. And we we know a guy that has connections there. We need to send this to him. But yeah, I think that it, now that Saban's available. I think they should go ahead and start the the process, you know. And I've never been a, you know, Corso process? needs to be done. The process, exactly. But yeah. I, and I know a lot of people listening. I, I bet we get the text. I don't watch game day anymore. I understand why. It, it is definitely not the same. But man, I can't start a Saturday without it. And it's because of one guy, and it's Lee Corso. It's not Kirk. It's not Reese, formerly Chris Fowler. It's not any of them. It's because of Corso. He has what drew me to that thing every Saturday for the thing that I have loved the most in this world before my son came around. It's college football. And I think he deserves the send-off as opposed to it going a different way. So, anyway, yeah. random thoughts on a uh, on a Wednesday. 6 year one 4395 is the ceasefire text line. You want to be a part of the show, that's how you do it. 6 year one 4395 Would love to have you there. Sports Talk Mississippi. I'm Borky. He say that. We got the question, what game is Richard calling tonight? It is uh, Auburn at Vanderbilt. We'll get to some of your messages when we come back. Don't go anywhere.
This is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. Wednesday. So, hey, Dad, we got this message, and it reminded me of something I saw earlier. Zach said at least today got the head coach's name right. I saw earlier where 24-7 Sports had the Mississippi Bulldogs on one of their graphics today that you pointed out. Talk about making nobody happy. All right, you got the Mississippi Bulldogs, so state's mad because you got the name wrong. But Ole Miss doesn't want to be called Mississippi, so you made them mad too. Just, just a total screw up. Did they change it? I haven't even seen. I haven't gone back to look. But, but how do you do that? Quote, because I mean, these are. Ah, it has been deleted. Very good. Oh, Very good. good. But th- it's not like these are irrelevant programs. There are two programs in one of the two brand conferences in the sport. Right? They're SEC teams. Never mind. Never mind that, Borky. 24-7 has Mississippi State and Ole Miss sites. Yeah. Like, all you got to do is use, you know, you, 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 these people have sites with you. Why, how can you mess that up? That's a bad one. It'd be different if like, we I, were... one thing with ESPN. It's one, I give, I, I, you know, I, I would actually give ESPN more leeway on this because they, maybe they don't cover a ton of Mississippi State. They're national. The people who do their social media, the people who work their national stuff, they don't care that much. 24-7, I mean, Mississippi State and Ole Miss are big sites for those those uh, that that company. That's just that's just a total brain fart. Yeah. But here we are. Here we are. Um Josh says if Saban puts the headgear on, it would be like when this is a reference for you, because I don't know what this is. When WWF still had Razor Raymond and Diesel after Nash and Hall went to WCW. I'm gonna clip you saying Razor Raymond because uh, it's Razor Ramon. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh no! What did I do? <laughs> oh, Razor Raymond. Razor Raymond. Oh God, Scott Hall. Rest Everybody in peace, loves man. Razor they just Raymond. Butchered you right there. Everybody loves Razor Raymond. Gonna make a meme tomorrow. Aha! Yes, it would be similar to that. Yes, yes. Aha. <laughs> Whoops. Lucas uh, says I started watching College Game Day more because of McAfee. I know I'm in the minority. He doesn't bother me. He really. I, people just take stuff so seriously sometimes. Uh, well, McAfee yells too much. He's on a college campus. It's he's he's at a football tailgate show. I mean, I don't know. I I know he's not everybody's cup of tea, but the 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 stuff around Pat McAfee lately it just it kind of blows my mind. I mean, he's a former NFL kicker who wears tank tops and and talks with a bunch of his buddies in a warehouse with a basketball court in it every day, and you expect him to have like profound thoughts about Aaron Rodgers' takes on vaccines. It's like. 
why does anybody care about that at all? I don't know. I, I think he's fine. I, I like his energy. I think college football can stand to be more like McAfee as opposed to more uh, like formal and buttoned up and boring. But mm-hmm. that's uh, that's me. Dwayne oh, says that might have been as bad as the dome question from the reporter. <laughs> well, in, in fairness to you, though, you were just reading what somebody else said. You made a, mis- a mispronunciation. That's that's not a huge. That's not a big one on you. If Razor I was going to a, a WCW press conference, I don't think I would ask any questions. I would I would report yeah, what you, I heard. You you would just let me handle the questions on that one for yeah, yeah. yeah. Somebody <laughs> else said uh, Detroit's been playing in a dome since the seventies. That's a good point. Yeah, it's not like they they just got a new dome stadium. The Silver Dome existed. Like I don't think the yeah Detroit yeah you got to go back to like. I don't even know when the Silver Dome opened, but it's been open a long, long time. I know that. I can't wait for That's that. That's a good game. point. I, I, I didn't even consider that. That the fact that this, I know Ford Field's a new stadium, but it's not like they just got a dome. Yeah. Ish. Six year one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. Uh, Bubba says Pat is a loud mouth. Other word for donkey. That is why he's on the show. I like him. That's why I'm on this show. You had me in the first half. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, that's uh, that's why I'm here. They they were like, we need we need our own Pat McAfee, only fatter. Well, you and need to start wearing some sleeveless shirts. Get you a uh, res- uh, not a wrestling belt, but a, uh, a cowboy belt. All right, hold on, getting there. There he is. Look at this value. guy. Look at this, bro, bro. The Cowboys, bro. Uh, the college football fix is coming your way next. You want to be a part of the show? Please do. 601-879-4395. It's Sports Talk Mississippi from the Pearl River Resort Studio. Glad that you guys are with us on this cold Mississippi Wednesday afternoon. We'll be right back. To the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling on Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you real quick. In uh, Why didn't this happen when I was in college news? Although I wouldn't have qualified anyway. The TCU women's basketball team, they're 14-4, and four, so certainly not a bad team, has had to forfeit a couple of games because they don't have enough players. A just unfathomable amount of injuries has taken their ability uh, to field a team away from them, at least for now. So they're having open tryouts on campus tomorrow and Friday to get enough girls to be able to wear a uniform so they can start playing games again. 
That's a lot of injuries. I yeah. mean, you tell me they don't have five, they don't have like six players. What do they have? How many players do they have? It doesn't say specifically how many players they have, just they have a shortage of players uh, because <laughs> of a an extreme volume of injuries. And this okay. came after their point guard uh, tore her ACL on Tuesday, yesterday, and is out for the season. So I wouldn't have made it because there's a lot of like people that played high school basketball that go to normal college, and I did not play high school basketball. Mm-hmm. But I would have loved to have gone to college basketball tryouts just to get, I mean, dunked on by six foot eight dudes. But still, that would have been awesome. I would I would have had no part in such a thing because I didn't play basketball in high school, so that's not a big deal. Coach, I've got a, a GPA over three. I'll work hard. I'll be at the facility. First guy in, last guy out. Just just give me a uni, and I'll sit on the end of the bench, and I'll be a hype man. I'll let it, I'll let everybody know how good they're playing. Start defense chance. I'm in. Your best ability is your availability. No doubt, and I will be there always. So uh, sign me up, Coach. But uh, anyway, again, I'm Borky. He's saying that 601 is the C Spire text line. Let's get into the college football fix driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer. The weather outside is frightful. So frightful, by the way, that uh, Ole Miss is delaying the start of their spring semester because there's more freezing rain coming, apparently, over the next couple of days. Love that. But if you were an F-150, you could much... Much safer travel on those treacherous roads. Richard Cross has one. He drove from Oxford to Nashville today in his F-150. It's been the best-selling truck in America for almost five decades. Test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer, and you will find out why. So, we talked about it at show open, but that was two hours ago. Hey, Dad, Alabama is getting absolutely decimated. Decimated in the transfer portal. By the way, real quick. If you miss any of the show, so in the first hour we talked about this some, talked a lot about Derek Nix going to Auburn, the Ole Miss wide receiver coach. Uh, long conversation there in the first hour, talked to Patrick Shegog in the second hour, talked state basketball in the second hour. If you missed that, wherever you get your podcasts, you've got a podcast app on your phone, your phone comes with one, so it's already there. Search Sports Talk Mississippi and you can get us every single day, a condensed version of the show. You don't miss any content. Commercial-free for you every single day, uh, the Sports Talk Mississippi podcast. Anyway, hey, Dad, Alabama decimated by the transfer portal. They lost uh, Caden Proctor today, their freshman left tackle from Iowa, uh, five-star, and he played like it. They lost Caleb Downs. They lost Des Ricks. They're losing 25 guys so far to the transfer portal after Nick Saban retired. You hate to see it, but more than that, you love to see it. Welcome to welcome to college football. We've been waiting on you guys. Uh, what we have learned today is that the, the idea of the Nick Saban discount was a real thing. I saw a thread, you know, and obviously nobody really knows with, with with NIL, but I saw a thread on an Alabama message board saying that they only think they have around 2,000 members to their collective. Yay, Alabama. Wow. I mean, if that's, that's the case, horrible. they are they're way behind. And what you've learned is that players were willing to take less or not worry as much about NIL to play for Nick Saban. 
And now that that advantage is gone, Alabama finds themselves looking at the reality of college football, which is you're going to get hit when you have when you have stockpiled. I mean, we remember last year when we talked about the blue chip index and and you know how many four and five star players they have. Ninety four, ninety one percent of their roster was four and five star players, right? Well, that means forty, fifty, four and five star players aren't playing starting regularly at Alabama. Those guys aren't going to hang around, especially if Saban's gone. So they're going to make their moves, and that's what's happening today. Now, Caleb Downs is 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 a, is a special situation, right, obviously, because he was going to play. He's a starter. So the same with Proctor. Obviously, they wanted to play for Saban. Saban is gone. They feel like they're going to move on. With Proctor, it looks like he might go back home to Iowa, where he was committed prior to in high school. And with uh, Downs, they're looking at the big two, Georgia and Ohio State, who are probably going to be one and two in the poll to start next season. Uh, if he goes to Georgia, that is just – if you're an Alabama fan, that's just got to be disheartening. If he goes to Ohio State, my goodness, Ohio State is going to be the runaway number one already, I think. But if they add downs, I mean, they, they, if they have no excuses to not win the Big Ten next year. Yeah, no, uh, no doubt. So where do we go with this? Because, because earlier we talked about why this is able to happen. So so the question I've been kind of pondering uh, lately is is who fills the void that Nick Saban leaves behind? And the, the answer cannot be Kirby Smart, right? Because they're already on top of college football. Is is the better answer nobody? That Alabama just comes down to the, the middle, yeah. top middle of the SEC? That nobody becomes... That that they just regress down and yeah, everything else no, stays the nobody's, same. Nobody will ascend in, in, into Alabama's spot. Nobody from the SEC is automatically just going to start getting a lot better. Georgia was able to do it, but Georgia, we always felt, was kind of sitting on the ability to do that anyway, and they just needed the right coach. I get the best answer might be Texas A and M, but I don't think Elko's the coach that could take them there. Um, is Texas? I mean. Say what you want about Texas. They're not in that tier they, just yet, right? They're, 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 they're definitely ascending. They're getting back to where they've been in the past, but they're not an elite top three program year in, year out right now. So maybe that's the answer to that question. But it just seems more likely that the SEC is going to be Georgia and everybody else than it's going to be Georgia X and everybody else, yeah. the way it's been the past couple of years. At least Georgia's also losing, too. They're just losing the uh, the, the right guys. Um not uh, not all their yeah. starters, but yeah, Georgia's processing the guys that they want to get out. Yeah, it really is remarkable. Uh, th- this new world is, you know, Alabama fans are furious today, and like you said, welcome to the club. Uh, I I talked to somebody in recruiting. This was a few years ago. Honestly, this was before NIL when all the payments were going under the table. But yeah, he was describing a player that was being recruited by one of the schools here in the state of Mississippi. And Alabama offered him. And the the guy I knew that worked in recruiting at the time said, once the Alabama offer came, nothing else mattered. Nothing else mm-hmm. mattered. He got the Alabama offer, and he wanted to play for Nick Saban, and there was nothing else that you could do. Couldn't, couldn't, not I a think, new car, not a job for dad, none of it. It just he was going to Alabama. I think that, the recruitment was over. I think we just saw that recently with Daniel Hill. I think that Hill... When he visited Mississippi State, made everybody made people believe that Mississippi State was going to be a real contender. And then that Monday after Hill visited Mississippi State, Saban was in Meridian. 
And that's one of my guesses that he made it clear that, hey, we want you in this class and you have a full offer and you can be there. And that was the end of the recruitment. And State did the best they could, and they did good to finish second. And maybe if Hill gets into the portal in a year or two, that'll that'll make a difference for them. But once Saban said, I want you to come to Alabama, Daniel Hill was going to Alabama. And as good of a coach as Kalen Boer is, he, he just does not He's have not Nick Saban. Pulp. Yeah, he's not Nick Saban. What an interesting time. And how quickly it changes. I mean, one mm-hmm. week ago, they were on top of the college football world still. All, I mean, all that they had returning. I mean, everything. And now look at them. Nope, there's not a single Michael, coach in the SEC when Alabama's on their schedule will be afraid. Not one. Not a single one next year. Think about Alabama this spring, right? What's spring practice going to look like for them? They may only have like 55, 60 guys to practice. You know, they, they've got they've got to reload big time. They've got a lot of people to replace. And so... You know, obviously, I think in the spring in the spring portal window, they'll go out and get some guys, but they're going to have. They really are kind of in the take what you can get kind of mode. Yeah, no, uh, no doubt. George says, "What about Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss becoming the new Saban in Alabama? Uh, win a championship first, and then we can start talking about uh, about that. For now, um, th- th- there, I mean, there's nobody out there that's Kirby Smart can have." the kind of success that Saban has if he continues on this path and stays at Georgia long enough. But do you think mm-hmm. he's going to stay Which I think he will, for 12 right? more years? Where would he go? Like, there's no better college job. He's an alum. Just retire? I think he's he, I think he's young enough. He still is enjoying it. Six-year one, and eight, he's not seven, an NFL nine, guy. So. 4395 is the text line. We will be right back. Sports in Mississippi. You'll hear about it here. Here. Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah. Super Talk Mississippi. Kiffin loves poking the bear more than any person on earth. He uh, takes to his favorite Twitter, and all he does is take a picture of a road sign that uh, is at an intersection with University of Alabama, one mile to the left. (laughs) So Alabama's having the worst day they've had in almost two decades. And here I comes exactly Lane where that Kiffin is too, so. just snapping a photo saying, hey, I'm coming for your players. <laughs> you know what's funny is that could be an old picture. It could, that could be, be someone he's had in his phone for a while. But he knows how to how to, how to work the trolls. So, yeah. I mean, it's uh, I think it's darker outside than it is five minutes ago when this picture was sent. But, man, um, I love it. And think about how angry this is making. Again, they've had a terrible day. They're be- they're they're losing players left and right, left and right, all over. And then Lane and this guy shows and up. And then this guy shows up. Oh, the guy, Mr. Steal Your Girl. How many? Show up. Yeah. How many head coaches? How many college football head coaches do you think descended on Tuscaloosa within the last seventy-two hours? A lot. Fifty. 
A lot. Yeah, easily. The IHOP, I'm sure, is busy. Remember when Jim Harbaugh took Shea Patterson to IHOP? Yes. Do you remember that? Yes, that's why I made the joke. Yes. Yes, yeah. I do remember that. Uh, much less publicized, uh, Ed Orgeron found his way uh, in Oxford and, and had a meeting with Shea Patterson as well. Everybody talks about Harbaugh because he was more brazen with flying the Michigan plane, but old Coach O was uh, also uh, in Oxford meeting with uh, the former Ole Miss quarterback. Nobody talked about that, though. That never really got out, but yeah, he he did the same. I didn't know that, so there you go. Learned yeah. something today. By the way, yeah, Michigan fans are turning on Harbaugh. Have you seen this? Have you heard yeah, about this? Have, have you seen yes. this? Yeah, yeah. Michigan fans yeah. uh, who just a week and a couple days ago won the national championship for the first time in 28 years are just ready for Harbaugh to go. Because if he's not going to be loyal to Michigan, if he's going to interview with the Falcons, if he's going to be interview with the Chargers... And he just he just needs to go. Well, we need to move on and find somebody else. They said a week and a half after he won them a national championship. Well, yeah, because you know it's Michigan. You're a Michigan man. You got to be a Michigan man. You got to be fully committed to the bit. Harbaugh clearly isn't. So Sharon more time. So he says, can the high school seniors and JUCOs who recently signed with Alabama now decommit? I believe that they, yes, they can yeah, get out of their letter of intent. They can get, they can get out of their NIL. Yeah. NLI, I'm sorry. I can always get that one mixed up. But yes, they can. Is there any talk about, uh, I mean, maybe we shouldn't talk like this, but it's just reality of, of State maybe trying to get back into the game with him? Put some talk, but it, I think he's, he's going to go to Alabama. We'll miss a potential landing spot for some of Alabama's players. Uh, possibly. So they are going to get a visit, it seems, this weekend from uh, from Trey Amos, the uh, the defensive back from Alabama. Um, played well uh, when spelling uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry. So we'll see if, um, if he ends up going to Ole Miss. But reportedly, according to every site now that covers Ole Miss, uh, he will be visiting this weekend. So there's uh, at least one and possibility. Downs, Downs is now officially in the portal. There it is. There uh, there it is. Um, Ohio State, right? You said earlier Ohio State's in on him? Yeah. Ohio State, Georgia, you're probably your, your top two schools for him. That might be my national champion pick, considering what they have returning is Ohio State. I think that might be. Now, they're going to disappoint I'm, I'm lose to you. Michigan again, but, you know. Are they? Because Michigan's not bringing back a ton. I forgot to bring this up, by the way. In the college football fix, driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer, your stat... I'm sorry, go ahead. Your your stat of the day. So this Washington number has already changed, by the way. It's now two. But the four teams that made the college football playoff, here's your stat of the day. Texas, Alabama, Michigan, and Washington. Here is the number as of today. This will change. It'll get even worse. But as of today, here's the number of returning starters for each of those teams. Texas with 14. Alabama currently with 7. Michigan currently with 6. And Washington is down to 2. Now, a lot of those guys are off to the NFL. But Texas 14, Alabama 7, Michigan 6, Washington 2. 
returning starters. And I mean, three of the four could be without their coach. Yeah. Yeah. Sark's the only one that's likely to, to still be there. How about that? It's a, it's a different day and age in college football. It just really is. I mean, with Washington, it's not too surprising because Washington's not a blue-chip kind of school. So that makes you think that if they had a great team, they must have had a lot of upperclassmen, a lot of upper of a lot of experience. Whereas with uh, uh, what's what I'm looking for with like Georgia, Texas, you know, Texas, uh, Michigan, and Alabama, you know, those are schools that they have guys leave all the time, you know, leave early for the NFL, so so on and so forth. So yeah. That's, I mean, I, I, Washington at least makes sense to me. The other ones, though. I mean, Alabama, that number may continue to drop. It might. Uh, question, any news on Will Rogers? Yeah, have you heard anything about possible destination? Uh, people keep saying that, like, oh, he's definitely going to Alabama, and there was a fake announcement that he was going to Alabama. Uh, those are so annoying. They're not funny anymore. They're, they're just stupid and, and annoying. Um, yeah. I, I, I would be shocked if DeBoer question. moves on from Milrow, wouldn't you? I think Milrow fits his offense pretty well. Big arm, can run. Um, if Rodgers goes to Alabama, you remember a few years back when uh, when Gardner Minshew was going to go to Alabama and then it was going to turn into he ended up going to Washington State? There was a lot of talk at that time that he was going to go to Alabama to kind of transition into becoming a coach, sort of sit the bench at Alabama and, and be there because that would have been uh, Jalen Hurts's. Well, that would have been Tua's first year as a starter. So he wasn't going to beat out Tua. He wasn't going to beat out Jalen Hurts. So he goes to 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 Alabama. He's going to you know he'll learn the offense. You know, be there under Sark- I guess Sarkeesian was the coordinator at the time, and then become a coach after that. And he ends up to obviously taking Mike Leach's offer, and now he's in the NFL. Smart move by uh by by Gardner, and of course former Brandon quarterback. So it becomes could you sort of see the same thing? Because if Rodgers goes, I think he's going there to you know to learn to pick up that offense and then go into a coaching career after. But we'll see. And there was a lot of talk all season, really, and I don't know if there was any validity to it or not, but um, Southern Miss without Roadmaker would have been maybe an attractive spot now. But, I mean, he's not transferring to Southern Miss to compete with another Power 5 quarterback, you know, so maybe no, that ship has sailed. I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. Was there ever any validity to that? Do you know? Because, I mean, no, how many texts do we get just, during the season from people? I heard Will Rogers is going to Southern Miss. Just a lot of conjecture and a lot of maybe putting two and two together that you'd want to stay in Mississippi, maybe we'll play with his brother down there at Southern Miss, that Will Hall would definitely need a quarterback, but there was never any real, you know, real smoke to it. Yeah. 601-879-4395 is the text line. You want to be a part of the conversation, that's how you can do it we get this message collective or coach recruiting come first nowadays um collective depends on the coach well depends on the coach i think smart can still get those kind of discounts uh i bet sarkeesian and day can get a little bit of that especially day with quarterbacks i mean yeah. if you're a five-star quarterback you know you probably want to play for ryan day but by and large yeah it, it is it's going to be about what can i get out of my commitment and i am curious too to see if how staffs are assembled changes some because mm-hmm. since it's so transactional, you don't need somebody that can build a relationship with the 16-year-old's girlfriend. You need somebody that can be an X's and O's guy to show, hey, you know, 
once you get the deal with the collective worked out, here's how you fit into what I'm asking you to do as a safety. I wonder if that's going right. to be more of, of how they gravitate towards where before it was just get a staff of recruiters. Just get a bunch of guys that, that are great recruiters and you send them on the road and they'll eat mama's red beans and rice and, and that's how you're going to get players. Well, that's well, not how you're getting players anymore. Well, well, what I would say to that, though, is everybody has money. You know, so if if the offers are about the same, it becomes about the recruiting process, and it becomes about the the bonds and the relationships that you make. I've said that for a long time that if you know you make you make paying players legal, then the players will probably start choosing the schools that they actually want to go to, unless there's just some sort of ungodly amount of money being offered. But if everybody's offering around the same package. Then it becomes okay. Where do I where do I feel the best? Where do I feel the most at home? Which coaching staff do I like the most? So on and so forth. We got sent a screenshot of uh, of something. Uh, Hayden and I talked about this actually during a break, but uh, we'll we'll talk about it a little bit because uh, there's not that many details to be had. But uh, it involves a uh, an Ole Miss transfer and something that he put on Instagram earlier. We'll tell you what that's all about when we come back. Mississippi. What is going on here? Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. It's about time. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Borky, he's Haydad. So Walter Nolan, the Texas A&M transfer to Ole Miss, put on social media and simply said, PSA, if you're going to A&M, read your contract thoroughly and hit me up if you have questions just trying to help. So it doesn't take a uh, rocket surgeon. Remember what Richard said that, by the way, and a texter didn't under... Didn't get it. Yeah, Yeah. didn't get it. You have to be a rocket surgeon to understand that there is something... That happened at Texas A&M via his old NIL contract that is problematic. Maybe he's just trying to tell them where the best spots in town for barbecue are. You know, just say, hey, go to Texas A&M, hit me up. If somebody was coming to Starkville, I'd be like, hit me up. I'll tell you all the great yeah. spots. And remember, so they, they've changed since then, but remember Texas A&M was the collective that went full nonprofit and bragged to everybody about it? And then the IRS said, um, you cannot be a nonprofit. And they said, yes, we can. And then they eventually changed because you don't tell the IRS, yes, we can, when they tell you, no, you can't. Right. Remember, yeah. yeah. I had to get get through the whole yeses and nos there. Yes, I do remember that, yes. One plus one sometimes uh, equals two. Just thought that was interesting that that's out there. I don't think he's the first former A&M player that's made some interesting comments about how that was handled uh, out there. I mean, there was mass exoduses from College Station before Alabama made it cool. Yeah. I mean, that was an annual thing there. Maybe Walter Nolan gave us a little insight as to possibly why that is. I just know this. If I'm Texas A&M, even though he doesn't play for you anymore and he's really going to play against you, uh, I would send him some more money to tell him to shut his mouth. Yeah, please, please don't. 
Be like, hey, you know what, Walter? We forgot your parting gift. It's it's a hundred thousand shares of Exxon. Here you go. Just uh, just keep it quiet, please. So yeah, six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. The text line. Uh, we can do this now. I assume we're going to do it tomorrow uh, ahead of the playoffs and weekend basketball. But hey, did we get this message? Playoffs. Uh, PTG Outdoors fishy line of the week. LSU a three and a half point favorite. Says the texter. They are, by the way, a fifteen and one ranked team on the road as an underdog. He says you have to take Ole Miss here. Or excuse me, excuse me. He says you have to take LSU here. Yeah, and I agree. The metrics don't like Ole Miss right now. Ole Miss no. has an incredible record. They're fifteen and one. The metrics don't like them at all. Um, they've played some close games. They've had some 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 big uh, some some get close games against lower ranked teams. Um, so the metrics don't like them. Uh, it's tough to win on the road. You know, Alabama was able to do it against Mississippi State, but Tennessee wasn't. Kentucky wasn't able to win at A and M. There was a I mean A uh, and M wasn't able to win last night at Arkansas. An zero three Arkansas team finally gets a win. It's tough to win on the road. Uh, so LSU, I mean, yeah, I think LSU probably wins that game. And so, yeah, you would want to take the Tigers there. It is. Uh, I mean, we, we talk about it all the time. Winning on the road is tough. It's an opportunity tough. for Ole Miss, uh, though, tonight. It's a, it's an LSU team that's certainly beatable. Um, I mean, you've got to play really well. It's really tough to win on the road. Um, LSU does a really good job at generating turnovers, and Ole Miss has done a good job this year of not turning the, the basketball over. Uh, so something's got to give uh, here in uh, in this one at the what do they call it the PMAC? Isn't that what they call it down there? PMAC, yeah, yeah the Pete Maravich Assembly Center. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see if Matt Morell can continue his hot shooting. That's uh, starting here in 19 minutes, just like Mississippi State and yeah. uh, and Kentucky. So don't forget thunder and lightning at 6 p.m. as well if, you, if you're on one of those days you're sticking just, around for a whole this. hour yeah even with the weather being what it is oh shut up i had to i'm sorry i don't have any choice i i, I gotta be this show so what's funny is i don't have my car i couldn't leave the house today so robbie came and picked me up to do the podcast and my wife's gonna i think that it should have melted enough for her to come get me here, but I have no car here right now because I couldn't get my car out this morning. This is why you need to play golf so you can have golf shoes, little spikes on the bottom. What would that do for my car? Yeah, but you could walk. It would make the walk easier. You would well, have to I walked about yesterday. That's what I did yesterday. I don't. I just don't want to walk. I don't want to walk in the, the pitch black 7 o'clock dark either. Anyway, if you're not catching the games, you can catch thunder and lightning. It's funny here in Starkville, though, uh, because uh, uh, 96.1 is the st- flagship uh, for Mississippi State Athletics, I will be on 100.9 here in Starkville. So at least my hometown uh, channel's got me on. So what are you going to do? Are you just going to have a watch party? You're going to pull up the basketball game and just kind of hang out <laughs> with everybody? Well, I mean, that's what we had to do last week. You know, I just I just kept updating the game as we as we went. And, and while I talked about Mississippi, it, it was kind of like being at the sports bar with me during a game, but only I was allowed to talk. So I was just I had plenty to say about Mississippi State sports, and you know we had the text line so people could get their comments in. But yeah, that, that's kind of what it was like. I think that would be so much fun if we went to the Pearl River Resort Sportsbook at Timeout Lounge. By the way, if you want to make some plays on games this weekend, that's the place to do it. Not really golf weather right now, so Dancing Rabbit may not be on the agenda. But you can play, you can eat, and have a great time at the Pearl River Resort. If we could just like set up the camera. 
in front of like the comfy seats and HR would allow us to partake in consuming of some beverages while watching a game, that would be the most fun we could possibly have broadcasting anything. Yeah. What what game would, I, should I would we like do that for like an Ole Miss State game or for like the Super Bowl? Well, Super Bowl's on Sunday. So what are we doing there? I like mean, special yeah. edition. Yeah, it's something like uh I don't know, like the Egg Bowl's on Thanksgiving, so that wouldn't really work. Maybe like a basketball game maybe. That would be fun. Zach says, isn't that what the Super Talk truck is for out front? Uh, among other things, yes. But I don't know if they would let us broadcast while consuming beverages on the company-branded bus either. I mean, you know, it's fine. They, they let us get away with too much already. That's true. We do. We do have a. We we, we do push the uh, the limits of our abilities. That's why on our new contracts, we're going to have the, uh, the the Harbaugh clauses that we can't be fired for anything. I got to get that uh, that clause in there. I'm going to have uh, my guy James Sexton. I don't. I can't get with Jimmy. J- James Sexton is my agent. Does he have a disappointing brother? Yes, James. James is the is the you know James is the 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 loser of the family, and that's my agent, and I'll have him draw up the papers for Will, Will, Will for Willies to, to reject later this week. Uh, we get this message. Can you recap Alabama's bad day? Sure. I'm not going to read every name because there's a lot of them, but uh, former five-star and five-star transfer Caleb Downs, the uh, safety who is one of the best players in college football despite being a freshman, has entered the transfer portal. Um, Antonio Kite, a safety, has transferred from Alabama to Auburn. Um, not a particularly high-level player, but Alabama lost a, a player to Auburn uh, today. Des Ricks, the defensive back, transferred from Alabama to Texas A&M. Uh, Amari Niblack, the tight end, has entered the transfer portal. Or Niblack, right? Not uh, Niblack, but Niblack. Isn't that right? I think it's Niblack, yes. Um, a, a blue-chip tight end has hit the portal. Uh, Kendrick Blackshear, the linebacker. This is over the last uh, few days, but uh, Blackshear, the linebacker, has uh, hit the portal. He's off to Texas. Uh, Trey Amos, the defensive back, is visiting Ole Miss this weekend. Uh, You've got Sean Murphy, the linebacker, transferred to Florida State. Uh, You've got Isaiah Bond, the wide receiver, transferred to Texas. Roydell Williams, the running back, transferred to Florida State. (laughs) I mean, a lot of guys. It's uh, and and by the way, they're uh, elite level. Uh, high, high, high level uh, left tackle. You didn't mention Proctor, did you? I hadn't mentioned Proctor yet because he's not officially in the portal, but he has ah, transferred gotcha. uh, and he will be leaving Alabama as well. The uh, the left tackle, the freshman, the five-star plus. Uh, you had an interior offensive lineman transfer to Florida State, Terrence Ferguson. You had a safety transfer to Georgia, Jake Pope. You had a defensive back transfer to Kentucky, Christian Story. Uh, yeah. A wide receiver, Malik Benson, transferred to Florida State. Earl Little, the defensive back, transferred to Florida State. Seth McLaughlin, the offensive lineman, the center that they hate that's going to play guard at Ohio State, uh, has transferred to Ohio State. So, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's Alabama. Not, 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 not great. Not a great time and for them. Oh, well. 
you, you hear the names of the schools that they're going to also. It's not like the, the processing. Like, for example, hey, give me a, a state player that transferred to a lesser school. Jonathan Davis. No offense to other fans, the, but that's just the first one that popped in the, my head. That, that is expected roster attrition. Like, old Mrs. Isheem Young went to North Texas. That, that's what you do. That, that's that's typical roster attrition. We just named a bunch of national championship contenders. That, that That's who Alabama's losing players to. So, yeah. no good, very, very bad day. Sports Talk Mississippi. One more segment with you when we come back. Super Talk Mississippi. As we get ready for basketball tonight, by the way, Joey Brackett, Joe Lenardi, the uh, premier bracketologist out there. I know it's still January, but it's worth noting. Has the SEC with eight teams getting into the tournament and two more on the bubble. Tennessee, Auburn, Kentucky, Alabama, A&M, South Carolina all in. He also, of course, has Ole Miss as an eight seed, number 30 overall. And Mississippi State, a nine seed, number 33 overall. So um, it's a good sign early in conference season to have them both on uh, the right side of the bubble as of this moment. In case you're wondering, you're not 100 percent sure out there. They couldn't. They wouldn't play each other in the first round. No, so they don't, don't worry about that. Although that yeah, would be awesome. They would be, uh, be in other brackets from each other, but both would be facing a one seed in the second round if they were to advance. So we'll see. About right. Somebody says Bama starts sucking when they drop off of Ole Miss and Mississippi State's schedule. That's the best part of this. Yeah, isn't it great? Kevin says, I know it's not Food Friday, but just been stuck at home all week. Wanted to get outside for a little bit, and he's got chicken and a steak on the grill. Enjoy that, man. I wish I could stand being outside, but the the cold, I just I can't do it. You're braver than well, me. If you're going to be standing outside, you just, just stand by the grill. Grill's hot. It'll keep you warm. True. True. I thought about doing a fire last night, and then I looked at the temperature, and it was like 14 degrees, and no fire in a fire pit can keep me warm. When it's 14 degrees, but anyway. I'm Borky. He's Haydad, by the way. Uh, we get this question. We're going to get this question a thousand times. Not making fun of you, by the way. I understand why you're asking, because this is what they have on the schedule as of this moment. But until they make the formal announcement, here's the question. The Egg Bowl isn't on Thanksgiving anymore, right? Depends on who you ask. Richard will adamantly tell you that it's just a formality. They're just going to announce it later that the Egg Bowl will be on Thanksgiving. I'm holding out hope he's wrong. Uh, I can go either way. I would prefer it not be on my birthday this year, though. Just don't, just don't want to deal with that. No. No. Glad you guys are with us. Enjoy your hoops tonight, by the way. I'm going to uh, to do so uh, my, myself, actually, hey, I'm going to get home. We're going to pick up some hibachi and watch some basketball. It'll be great. So you're a pick-up hibachi guy. We did our first uh, 
sit down, cook in front of you hibachi experience, and yeah, I, like this is the first time since then that I'm going to get it for him without doing that because mm-hmm. I don't think he's enjoyed anything more in his life. I really don't. There's fire. There's meat. What's not to like? I know. Not to enjoy. The, the, he, he did the. Uh, the the mouth open uh, guy did uh, well, scrambled I think, eggs like, for him. He did a little egg toss to him and all that. Hibachi is best right there. I don't I don't know how well it travels. It, it travels well enough to get the job okay. done anyway. Okay. Get just okay. something quick. I mean, it, he'll eat it. We'll put on um, Luca is his new favorite movie. I will put Luca on the mm-hmm. TV. I'll put basketball on my lap. And he'll end up sitting right next to me and watching basketball. But, buddy, if I try to put it on the TV, we got problems. He'll watch it with me, yeah. but it better not be on, it, it. Better be on Daddy's iPad, or else that, that's not good. That's not okay. Toddler logic. I don't understand it. Never will. They they don't have logic. They are agents of chaos. <laughs> they they're like the Joker. They just they, they just they just do things. Yeah, Josh suggested like a, us do like the walk. A dog trying to check. They're like a dog trying to catch a bus. They wouldn't know what to do with it if they caught it. So, the other day he yeah, asked they, me they, to they follow they the trash truck around the neighborhood. Just follow it. Just watch. Watch it. Watch yeah, it pick yeah, up the trash. I'll give you two blocks before the guys get off the truck and be like, "Why are you following?" Yeah, us? They, and they're so nice. They always honk the horn for them. We have to go outside to yeah. watch them get our trash can. Have to. And they're so nice. Yeah. I mean, the nicest people on earth, I swear, work in sanitation. But uh, they would probably call the police on us if we followed them the way that he wanted us to. Yeah, yeah. He's probably also asked you to race a train. So, you know, don't do that either. He has. He's also yeah. – um, he once told me to get the police car to stop us. And I was like, buddy – you you don't understand what it'll take for me to do that. He's like, no, Daddy, yet. Yeah, no, nah, it's not not hard. What is he? You own a car? gun? Just shoot it out. Just shoot it out the window. It'll be fine. <laughs> Cops will come. I promise. Yeah, yeah. So glad you guys are with us. Uh, had some fun today. Uh, don't forget, by the way, the Sports Talk Mississippi podcast will be available to you here in about fifteen minutes or so from right now. Brian Haydad will take you through the next hour. A watch party, if you will, and more. Anything else you got planned tonight, by the way, besides talking about the basketball game that's happening in front of your face? Uh, we're going to talk a little 2025 recruiting. Mississippi State hosted the number one player in the state last weekend. I think that's one of the most important recruits in Mississippi State history. They've got to get that guy, Caleb Cunningham, signed and, and in maroon and white. So you'll hear that here in about five minutes from right now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow at full strength. Be safe out there if you're uh, driving home on the uh, ice. Thunder and lightning next. We'll talk to you guys on this show anyway tomorrow. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. 
MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.